But at the end of the day, with any investigation, uh, it concludes with depositions. And uh, we certainly are going to give the president's son an opportunity to, to tell us whether or not our dots are, are connected correctly. You have to want to be there for your, for your people. Put it right now. Okay, yo, this is a podcast going on. You know what I'm saying? Down here doing my favorite thing on a Sunday afternoon. You're listening to the American Freedom and God podcast. Presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. DC cleans their voter rolls. I am so shocked. <laughs> Man, media, all the mainstream media still saying there is absolutely no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. Okay. Steve Bannon in the war room is, is uh, crushing it with, uh, you know, he's got all the audience. He's got, he's, he's giving the hope out. He's putting the hope out there and they're, they're joining right in too. Today's uh, hope message is going to be with Dr. David Jeremiah in the health segment. We're going to we're going to see what happens when you learn a little something about amino acids. Hey guys, it's John here. We're at the American Freedom and God podcast. All right, all right. Today's title is "Believe Half of What You Hear and None of What You See." <laughs> it's kind of like that right now in the Debian world right now. Believe half of what you hear, none of what you see, because you can't. You absolutely can't. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about when we get started today is just that. There's two new movies out that will terrify the crud out of you if you go and see them. One of them uh, recently was about there's this big blackout, uh, technological blackout. So you would not be able to turn on your TV or your, your cell phones will not go on the internet might even not be able to call through the phones. If there's a blackout, it's not necessarily meaning that the lights go out. I'm thinking it's tech, big tech that goes out. I didn't go see the movie. I don't even know what the name of it is. You don't know what the name of it is? Oh, no. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Um, Obama's involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barack Obama was involved. He invested in this movie. He probably told him half the script, what what to do with it. But I think what it's going to do, guys, it's going to instill fear um, where we, we really need to just kind of, uh, when you watch movies, believe half of what you see, believe none of what you hear. Of course, the title is the other way around, believe half of what you hear, none of what you see. And you can switch that around. It, it's kind of, it's reversible. Um, and there's another movie, but I know that the movie that I did watch recently, I guess a month ago or so, with Jim Cavezzo. 
Um, he is the actor that did Passion of the Christ. Uh, it's, an, it's a Mel Gibson movie on that one. But then he did the moon, movie Sound of Freedom. Was, we watched that recently. And I'll tell you, I don't know what to think when I watch a movie like that other than that's sad. It's, it was a good, kind of a good ending. Yeah, he, yeah, he saved those kids. It's sad, but I think it's reality, especially um, look oh. at the border yeah, and them kids. Yeah, and the border. I have not, guys. I'm, uh, I apologize. I've not been covering the border on this podcast that much. I do sometimes play some clips that includes what's going on at the border. Um, and one of the reasons is I'm I want to talk about what's happening more so than in, in the places where we matter, like government, where we can vote and change things. Because after all. If we get the right leader in office, then all the illegal that's happening at the border can be reversed. Maybe not all of it, but much of it can be. So it's like this, you know, guys, these border uh, invasion that's happening and it's in the millions. They need to not get too comfortable here because if you don't have legal citizenship, it's what... They're going to get sent back. And what, what really worries me is the people that's been here now for years, they don't quite have citizenship either. And they're, they're actually real close to, to getting that worked out and mended. You know, maybe they're on a visa, maybe there's some other reason. They're real close to being that American citizen that, you know, legally. And when we go out with new leaders to, to fix the illegal that's happening with this invasion, when we go out to do that, they may subsequently at, at, grab people too that were here for a long time, and, and get them kind of confused because they're not legal either. Sure. That's the thing. That's the sad part about this. So this invasion, they're kind of going to be ruining it for those who's who's really trying hard and working hard here in America, trying to set up the American dream. Can I tell you something? Sure. Uh, at one point, we were looking to move to a, a country uh, in South America, and in order to live there. You could not be hired because you had to have a job that a native citizen could fill. So being an American, we would have to prove that we did a service that no one in that country could do. So that doesn't happen because they hire their own citizens. You don't get hired. That's not a bad idea, now, is it? I didn't think so either, right? <laughs> well, you know, and right now the, the Biden administration is so far beyond thinking that way when it comes to America. So, unfortunately, that uh, kudos to that country. Yeah. But, unfortunately, we can't get that done here in America. They'll, they'll hire anybody here. Um, another thing is, too, that they're trying to get it where they can vote and everything else. They can join the Army, you name it. They're trying to get it where they can just come on in and we're going to put right. you in position. It's obviously illegal. We need everybody to be an American citizen that does American citizen type things, you know, in order to do uh, legally, uh, start a business, run a business, get a job, you know, become an establishment of any kind. You should be an American citizen. Make or else this country strong. Make this country strong, too. You know, when America's strong, the rest of the world ends up being strong as well. It's, America has never been shy or bashful. The same thing. <laughs> They've never been um, beyond wanting to help other nations, especially after a disaster or or whatever's going on. We've never been beyond wanting to help them. But right now, if you're arguing in Congress with that uh, 
Speaker Mike Johnson is uh, holding back uh, on, on Ukraine because he has no choice. We are being invaded and the Biden administration is kind of being quiet right now, according to Mike Johnson yesterday as I was reviewing the situation. Mike Johnson was telling the uh, interviewer that uh, he is hearing nothing back from the White House, so that's not good. But maybe that it, he did say these things just take time. I'm sure that eventually we're going to have some kind of uh, resolution. I don't mean the CR either. I mean, as far as communications is concerned. And so all I can do is pray for that. But guys, believe half of what you hear and just believe none of what you see. I think it's, you should be believing half of what you see and none of what you hear. And it's probably the accurate way. But this is a reversible statement. And um, we have to keep that in mind as we go throughout today's episode. So we're going to do that. And I brought some visual aid today and I wanted to kind of cover some headlines, which is what we always do in American Freedom of God podcast. And by the way, I didn't say the purpose uh, yet today. Then as always, I'd like to throw out there the reason for this podcast. Well, we just like to see what's happening in the headlines. And then we'd like to, to discuss it, and we also like to have our point of view input out there. So I'm on the microphone so I can get my input, what I'm seeing out there. And at the same time, I'm a believer in God. I have been all my life, and it just grew stronger as time went on. And as I started to communicate with the Holy Spirit, I became face to the ground a believer. There was just no denying what I saw, what I heard, and what I've been through. And that is the reason we call it the American Freedom and God podcast. Because once you talk about all these headlines, what's happening in the world, it's like you start reaching out to some hope somewhere else. And where is that going to be? God. God. That's, that's right. So it's the American Freedom and God podcast. And today it's Dr. David Jeremiah with our hope message. We'll try to get a minute or two uh, clip in with that, the soundbite that is. Health segment on amino acids. And again, I was talking about these things that are happening right now, like these movies. But you got to be careful not to, to convince yourself that no matter what, what I just saw in that movie is going, that's going, that could possibly happen to us. Well, you know what's true? It can possibly happen. Um, but at the same time, while you're watching that and getting terrified of what Barack Obama's putting out there in the form of a movie, while you're getting terrified about that, other people are watching it and they're putting in place what needs to be put in place to counter all that. And you got to know that there are patriots in the, in the United States. There always has been and there always will be. And it is when it, at the end of the day, no matter how many, if it's unseen or if there's a small group of uh, people that, that are kind of pulling all the levers, making things happen around the world, trying to snatch what they can and get uh, you involved here in the U.S., uh, be part of it all, you know, try to take down the U.S., no matter if there's that or if, it, or if it's not even a group of people, if it's just somehow lost control and nobody knows who's in control, no matter which way it is, remember that God is in control and you can still take a deep breath, rest easy, and maybe avoid watching some of these new movies, especially if Obama's putting it out. I don't know, you might be an Obama fan, but I'm just saying. The other thing to, to mention is Jim, I don't know if I say his name right, but it's C-A-V-E-I-E-Z-E-L. He is, um, again, the actor from Sound of Freedom. He is walked off a job offer recently because, uh, for one reason or one reason only, because Robert De Niro is in the, the picture. And he will not work on a set with Robert De Niro. And his reason, well, he said that, that he's a godless man. 
He's an awful man. We don't know. You don't know the half about this man, and I won't have anything to do with him. So I'm going to leave it at that. That's what the uh, the old post was saying. You know, it's a tweet or something like that I was reading. And I was like, interesting. That's twice now he's walked off a job, put you know, put his hand up, said no thanks to millions of dollars. Just because Robert De Niro is going to be in that movie as well. And he's going to, he's not going to work with it. He just said, I'm not working with that guy. He doesn't even want to talk to him. I don't blame him. Do you blame him? I think it's admirable that he has such strong conviction. That's, that's good, yeah. And he's not enticed by the money. What warms my heart is every time somebody shows up in the, in the spotlight, so to speak, you know, up in a loud position, so to speak, and they tend, they, it turns out they're a godly person and what makes my heart ice cold is when somebody shows up in the same spotlight and it's an ungodly person the the dynamics are just uh, they're immense it's huge dynamics when that happens so i want to move over now to the headlines that i wanted to discuss and as i go i'll probably continue on some of this opening monologue because that's what it's all about it's all about discussing headlines today's issues in the united states um, this is where we're at. We're in the United States, so that's what we talk about. So, D.C. removing 103,000 ineligible names from the voter rolls in response to Judicial Watch. So, I am subscribed to Tom Fitton's Judicial Watch emails in his newsletters. And so, I opened my email this morning just taking a gander to see what's going on. And that was the first thing I saw. Judicial Watch announced recently that it sent notice letters to election officials in the District of Columbia, uh, California, and Illinois, notifying of event violations of the National Voter Registration Act, or the NVRA, of 1993. Based on their failure to remove inactive voters from their registration rolls, the letters point out that these jurisdictions Sorry about that. Publicly reported removing few or no ineligible voter reg- registrations <laughs> under a key provision of the NVRA. So this uh, little paragraph, which was a kind of a little twister there, where it shouldn't have been. <laughs> I've always had that issue reading paragraphs, but um, it's saying that you know out of these jurisdictions, they publicly reported removing few or no ineligible voter registrations. So that was the. That was the key takeaway from that. And what uh, Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch did was they sued him about it. And uh, so now they are now removing and, and having a specific number, over 103,000 ineligible names from their roles. So I was hearing about this back in 2020. We were getting ready to vote and um, people were coming on TV uh, being interviewed in, in, in the news. And they were saying things like this. But this is not going to be a fair election because there are so many ineligible names that are going to be cast. They're going to be cast in names of dogs, names of dead people, names of uh, voter rolls that were never updated when, you know, the population changes, people move. And they were talking about this and I kept going, oh my God, how are we ever going to win an election if they don't care about their cleaning house? And then add to that the mail-in ballot. (laughs) You got a real mess on your hands. Oh yeah, the mail-in ballot. I'm going to get to that. I've got a, I've got some news, more news on that one coming up. The mail-in ballots thing. We're going to be looking at that. Um, one more headline over from Judicial Watch. The FBI director is concerned about terrorists' ability to exploit Southwest border. Okay, and I'm going to say he might have be saying this. He may be reporting 
this sentiment. But I also want to say that the last time I heard him being interviewed, he didn't sound too concerned about what's going on here at home. He kept saying that, uh, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. I can't, Mr. Holloway, I can't answer your questions about that because I'm not going to get into that right here. Blah, blah, blah. And Holloway's like, you say that every time you come to before Congress about everything we ask you about. It's You've terrible. never answered a single question yet. Yeah, like, terrible. When I watch these videos, it gets me going. I was like, I can't believe this. This is our director of FBI. This is, and then uh, you know, right now people trust the post office more than they do the FBI in this country, and that's that's sad. It's just sad as can be. Uh, what, what does the paragraph say? The foreign terrorist organizations can exploit the Southwest border as the United States faces the highest risk of an attack following Hamas onslaught in Israel. According to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Director Christopher Wray, the FBI chief revealed that terrorist threats to the nation have skyrocketed since October during testimony this week before the Senate Judiciary Committee. In his prepared statement, Ray failed to include the dire security threats created by the Biden administration's disastrous open border policies. And really don't need to read any more than that. If he's going to be the director of the FBI, he needs to also be sending letters to the, you know, the White House saying, sir, you need to close the borders. How do you expect us to remain sovereign with these borders wide open and this invasion that's happening? And guys, I, I really should bring videos of the invasion to this podcast and let you see them, but going to hold off on that for now. For now, for now, maybe we'll get it fixed. We want to thank them more happy thoughts anyways <laughs> we can get sometimes reality is more important than happy thoughts and that's an unfortunate reality that's an unfortunate true over at getter news brett Favre says america was in a better place when donald j trump was the president of the united states and it, yeah and I, I, it doesn't matter if you like trump how he talks or looks that didn't matter what mattered is he knew how to govern he knew how to manage He'd been doing it since, well, since he broke away from, from mom and dad, right? He's been doing that. And he built himself he built quite a little business. Quite the empire. Being that, and, managing. And there, there was opposition will step up and say, yeah, well, his daddy gave him everything. He didn't, he didn't do any of that on his own. I mean, people, haters gonna hate no oh. matter what. But it's, it's not about how he did it. It's the fact that he did it. He it's knows, both. knows he how did. to do He's it. He's savvy. He's smart. <laughs> he knows how to. And How it, to do business. Of course, everybody knows who Brett Favre, Brett Favre is, right? He's probably in the booth nowadays at these football games, but he used to be the Green Bay Packers yeah. quarterback. Um, fan favorite, I think right? he was on a couple other teams. Yeah, yeah. He was a fan favorite, all right. He was, he was one of those popular quarterbacks in football. Um, so that's about it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the textbook definition of F around and find out. <laughs> It's a picture of Elon Musk. Disney loses 23 million subscribers overnight after trying to cancel Elon Musk. Well, there you go, Disney. You would think you would learn something with the whole Bud Light thing, or if you were to learn something from... Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. U.S. separates vulnerable to underwater drone attacks. I'm sorry, U.S. seaports are vulnerable to drone attacks. Well, I certainly hope it doesn't get hit by them. That's for sure. Um, so I said I was going to talk more on the voter uh, situation. Since um, D.C. cleaned up their voter rolls, it prompted me to look at a few other things that were recently in the news. I think I caught some of this information on the Glenn Beck show as, as, as early as yesterday. 
Well, a recent poll conducted by the Heartland Institute and the Rasmussen Reports found one in five voters who cast mail-in ballots during the 2020 presidential election admit to participating in at least one kind of voter fraud. Now, wait a minute, but that's not right. No, they're admitting to it, but you got to give them that. I would think you wouldn't do that, <laughs> voter, voter fraud. Think. Keep in mind that 43% of 2020 voters cast ballots by mail. There were approximately 155 million ballots cast in the 2020 presidential election, and 43% of that would mean, that would mean over 66 million voted by mail. One in five of 66 million would amount to potentially over 13.33 million ballots that were illegally cast. Uh, imagine that. We were worried about the other thing, you know, the old voter rolls that weren't cleaned up. We didn't. We didn't know we had to worry about all this too. Back well, that was a place. drop in the bucket, wasn't it? Compared to that, it's disenfranchising uh, the legal voter who goes there and casts the ballot legally. You know, I had at least six mail-in vote uh, ballots mailed to this house during that election oh with God. only two adults living here, and I would rip them up because I was afraid somebody was going to take them. Of course. Hey, but you did the right thing, but does everybody that got six ballots sent to your house Why do the right thing? Why would I even get six ballots when only two people lived here? I was, like I said, I was worried about these unclean voter rolls in all these um, key states. And I was thinking, we're going to get disenfranchised. Our vote's not going to matter as long as they're they're doing this. Yes. And I had no idea if this other dynamic was even in existence. All the 13.33 million ballots that were illegally cast based on one in five of 66 million who uh, admit to participating in one kind of voter fraud, at least. Let's look at some of the other kinds. According to the results of the poll, 17% of mail-in voters admit that in 2020, they voted in a state where they are no longer a permanent resident. 21% of mail-in voters admitted that they filled out a ballot for a friend or a family member. 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without his or her permission. But that's just not right. <laughs> 8% of likely voters say they were offered pay or a reward for voting in 2020. 10% of the respondents, not just those who voted by mail, claimed that they know a friend, a family member, a co-worker, or other acquaintance who has admitted that he or she cast a mail-in ballot in 2020 in a state other than his or her state of permanent residence. That was the other thing I was telling you I was, I was concerned about. A personality fit in this category, as I know, someone who admitted to voting a senior citizen family. Okay, so the author is speaking for himself right there. But we did read out there's 17%, 21%. Another 17%, 8%, and 10% of residents and respondents of this poll are admitting that they engaged in some kind of fraud. One in six. It's pretty sad. That's a lot of votes that should not have been cast. And those are the ones that are admitting it. Right. Trust me, not everybody admits. <laughs> and I'll tell you, when these votes ended up coming into play, these illegal votes, 13.33 million of them, is when they stopped counting and, and, and let it go during the night oh, yeah. on pause right. where Trump was so far ahead this thing was over right. they said wait 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 stop yeah. and then they came up with these other 13.3 everything yeah they, all these things put yeah. paper over the windows <laughs> but and of all course that. remember that <laughs> uh, oh that's right we can't finish voting because there's a pipe broken uh, what 
Yeah, and then they blacked out the windows so nobody could see. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, isn't that something? I'm going to bring us over to the first sound, but I, I think it's about that time. Let me just uh, check time right here. So i got a few more minutes before we do that. But this is just one of those things, guys, that you have to keep in mind that this is, did happen. I'm not trying to be, you know, it was in narrative for the longest time. Uh, election deniers out there, the GOP and the Patriots and the MAGA people, they're all election deniers. Well, you know what we all are? We're all people with eyes that are able to read this information uh, coming from these polls. That's what we are. But this, we are at the Gateway Pundit, so if you're not a fan of them, you, you'll you be quick to discount this information. But I wouldn't do it so quick. It's, some of this stuff, even if you don't like where the source is, they're just stating what actually happened. The poll consisted of 1,085 likely voters. Republicans made up a 33% of those polled, while 36 and 31% were Democrats. Other, and then there was the other, respectively. When broken down by age, 32% were 18 to 39, 46% were 40 to 64, and 22% were 65 or older. All right, so this is all fun and dandy information, but it's something to just keep in mind. On December 10th, 2023, Rasmussen reports on X. Of course, yeah, I might be at the Gateway Pundit, but we're reading from Rasmussen that uh, they posted on X about millions of dollars used to pre-order machines for a process, the mass mailing of unsolicited election ballots to every registered voter that was then illegal in America. And this is their little tweet on X. I don't know. Do they still call them tweets? I don't know what they call them now. They used to be called tweets. Lab leak. How did they know? Millions of dollars were required to pre-order machines for a process. The uh, the mass mailing of unsolicited election ballots to every registered voter. That was illegal in America. Somebody knew early about the 2020 election changes. Who? <laughs> well, you know, Rasmussen has every right to tweet that and ask that question. And you know what? We all, we all were doing that. We were all asking these questions at the time. And we were being slammed by the opposition that we're some kind of kooks, some kind of freaks. All we care about, they're telling us it's the safest, most fairest election we ever had in the U.S. Well, that tells you right there. Uh, you don't go out and buy all those machines like a month before. Right. Okay, you've done that a year, if not longer, years ahead of time, getting ready for this. I think rather than half the op you know half of the people being election deniers, I think what's happening is they're being fact deniers, the other half. So they just, like you said last week, if you say something often enough, it'll drill itself into the people's or the listeners' heads, and that they will start to believe it. And that's what they were doing. The narrative was we were all just election deniers. And right. so they just kept saying that. But here's the facts, guys. You don't know these things ahead of time unless somebody tells you. Do you have your 2020 um, machines ready uh, in, in advance for a process? We're required to pre-order these machines. Why? And have millions of dollars for that because these machines were going to be connected to the internet. Well, you know, if you do that, they then the credentials to get into the machine you can do it from anywhere in the world. Yeah, just go were, in there and change votes. But they were preparing for mail in ballots oh, for, at for a mass number. God. Oh, that, that's what this whole story is about, too. So. Right? <laughs> yes. Comer tells Newsmax, I've quit going on Fox and Friends because of Ducey. Um, let's just see what he's talking about. Evidence. Forget the Democrats like Dan Goldman who say there's no evidence. 
My concern but, is when the media, especially the conservative media, starts siding with the Bidens. Listen to Steve Ducey over at Fox saying you don't have evidence. Listen. If they have the stuff, if I mean, the, the stuff, Republicans right. at this point don't have, they've got a lot of ledgers and spreadsheets, but they have not connected the dots. They've connected the dots, the Department of Justice did, on Hunter, but they have not shown where Joe Biden, uh, you know, did anything illegally. Chairman, school Ducey on how this works, the way to connect the dots is by gathering mm-hmm. all the information and then right. you connect them. So go ahead. Well, I think we've done a pretty good job connecting the dots. We've traced two checks from influence peddling schemes going directly into Joe Biden's pocket. We uh, traced the fact that one of these checks that went into Joe Biden's back pocket uh, was was a $40,000 check that came from China that just happened to be part of a $400,000 check to the company that Joe Biden was supposed to be uh, 10% owner of, the big guy. And lo and behold, that 40000 ended up being 10%. But at the end of the day, with any investigation, uh, it concludes with depositions. And uh, we certainly are going to give the president's son an opportunity to, to tell us whether or not our dots are corrected are, are connected correctly. I believe they are. Uh, we've had some financial experts come in. And, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to answer some of these questions about uh, these massive wires coming from our enemies so, around so the world wh- and how they laundered them through the various Listen, I agree with you. You've been on here a lot. We we do. We're, yeah. we're waiting for, you know, you need to hear these people try and connect it. They're trying to uh, excuse themselves or prove their 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 innocence. Why, why would Ducey say, if all the work you've done, that you have nothing? Why do you think that is? Well, he's been this. He's had that position from the very beginning. I've quit going on Fox and Friends because of Ducey. You know, I mean, he's the one guy on Fox that's been uh, – very critical of the investigation. I have my theory why. We'll talk about that at a later point. But at the end of the day, he's entitled to his opinion. But uh, I don't think the average viewer of Fox News agrees with, with Ducey one bit. I mean, the American people, even 40 percent of the Democrats, uh, are concerned that Joe Biden has uh, violated the law with his family's shady business schemes. And the American people expect somebody to investigate the President of the United States for public corruption you and thank something? God you want to where something? the Oversight Committee is. I'm so glad you said that, 400000 Yeah, You want to talk about dots, Ducey? Here, Hunter gets 400000 Hunter and the associates get 400000 Joe Biden gets a check for 40000 That's 10%. My man, we've heard a 10%, Mr. 10%, and they've been saying there's no dots to be connected. 10% to the big guy was said on uh, Hunter Biden's... Uh, well, the, the tweets or the laptop, one of them things it, it, that's been out there for years. Ten percent, the big guy, and the media just says, "I didn't hear that." There is no evidence to this day. They're still saying it. So, Mike Johnson was asked why uh, we're going ahead with this inquiry uh, to impeachment last night, and, and he said, "Well, you know, I I stand for the law. I'm about the law, and, and it, it's the reality. I go with what." we need to go with the Constitution and the law. That's this basic take that I got from Mike Johnson last night. And it, this guy does not, you can look at him, you can listen to him talk, and I'm sure like any other, not like any other politician, he's kind of unique, but like other politicians, I'm sure if you try hard enough, you can find things that you can catch, like uh, saying that uh, might seem like, well, see, you're not, you're not as perfect or godly as you say you are. You look at this, you know. I'm sure if you try hard enough, you can find something. But that's any politician. 
Because you know what's happening? You know what's happening with Ducey over at Fox and Prince? He's being, I don't know if it's money or what, he's being coerced to be the, the slight opposition in the conversation every time for Joe Biden. Devil's advocate. And, and what do we have? Who do we have running Fox News? Outsiders. Not even Americans, I, I believe. So the Murdochs. Yeah, maybe they're Americans, I don't know, but it's, it's, they don't, they, they hate America. So, but you know, you have an enterprise, you, you have Fox News, you've got a lot of viewers, a lot of money changing hands there, a lot of, uh, a lot of wealth. So even if you hate America, you do it anyway, right? Ironically, right? Yeah. And you try to sabotage what you can when it's it comes a to elections. It's business model for them. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It's something. I, I tell you what, but <laughs> I'm not sure what. I'm listening to, uh, to these guys on a regular basis and I'm, I'm hearing that no matter what they do, um, there's always the, the, the other, there's always something like with Trump. There's always something he can do with, with his side of the coin and reveal things that the other side didn't um, think about at first. And they're opening this Pandora's box because they're not thinking about the countermeasures that can be you know be taken place. Right now, they sent to the Supreme Court. They want to expedite, uh, go past appellate court and just expedite uh, the case so that uh, Jack Smith can keep the March 4th uh, trial date. And um, so we, by jumping over to appellate court and going to the Supreme Court, it's kind of like a, a Hail Mary, isn't it? It's kind of like, a, you know, send your guy all the way down the field. You're on the 10-yard line. You're going to throw the touchdown pass to try to win the game in the last five seconds. And all I can say is I know the Supreme Court granted a short order on this, but all I can say is I hope they're just being fair, but I hope they will rule constitutionally here. Um, well, that's their job, isn't it? It is their job. Let me ask you this, David. Does it seem to you that a president is uh, has a right, has a different kind of right, and is immune to being prosecuted uh, for little crimes and misdemeanors like that um, because he's the president of the United States? Is that It puts him in a place where you don't prosecute that person, that position. I think crime is crime if it's real crime, but mm -hmm. accusation is a whole other thing. You know, if there's no mm -hmm. real proof to anything, mm -hmm. if it's a if it's a political strategy to try somebody well, out, that's yeah. a whole different story than an actual well, crime. I'm seeing the horse before the, the the cart before the horse in this situation here because Jack Smith is trying to get it out there that he's not immune to being prosecuted before there's even a crime. That is actually that's actually been proven, right? So why are you even talking about whether or not he's immune when you didn't even prove a crime yet? Exactly. <laughs> oh God, and that's why I say that's just a hail mary. He's throwing a hail mary. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at a headline right here. It's a Jack Smith drops new Trump bomb expert extracted data from the White House phones during the riot, including Trump's call. You know, while they're saying that that they've got something there. They also, <laughs> I saw a headline earlier where they had all this stuff revealed about Jack Smith that he didn't expect to get out there either. It's kind of a back and forth thing going on there. But um, we're just looking at the news, guys. We're looking at headlines. We're, we're, we're checking into things. We're talking about it. And one of the things I wanted to do, I just got to check time here. I wanted to bring this over to the war room for a few minutes. And it's kind of like it's. There's a lot of information happening there that you're not going to get anywhere else. I know a lot of a lot of stations will make that claim, but 
the truth is you do get the information elsewhere and most of the others. But when it comes to what Bannon's talking about, this is probably the only place you're going to hear it. And it is a different take. A few weeks ago, we played for you a little bit of information coming from, um, you know, the Internet on the, the X-22 report. And I thought that it was very relevant at the time and I wanted to play it. And that is another whole other way to see what's happening in the world right now. But keeping that in mind, there's still the stuff, the everyday stuff that we need to talk about. And there's still a way you can delve into it and digest what's going on. And that's what I meant by Bannon. He's really one of the only that is, you know, whatever it is we're talking about, where you're going to hear it. Let's just listen in for a minute. Um, since I was the lead attack dog, remember in Josh uh, Rogan's book, chaos under heaven they said hey they had the the hardliners and they had the accommodations had all these different groups they've always had in every white house but they had a new group there called the Superhawks. it was bannon and navarro and miller and others that questioned the the legitimacy of the chinese communist party to even rule over the chinese people and their focus is to take down the ccp so i brought up there and it took me i don't know 15 or 20 minutes these docs were legit they took money from the chinese communist party it was a it was a it was an influence a way to have uh, elite capture. The CCP does this all the time. This is nothing new. It's just the greasy way that Biden did it. And actually, if you go through it and read the stuff, I actually think he becomes a relatively as messed up as he is, as screwed up as he is, as bad a guy as he is. He's a tragic figure in the classic Greek sense. His father and his brother, the brains of the operation, by the way, is Joe Biden's brother, James. That's the super bad guy because he's putting uh, Hunter Biden. He's not a business guy. He's too dumb to be a business guy. I have degrees from Georgia. Does that make Georgetown feel good? I thought they had a hard enough time. Boris graduating from there and Steve Bannon graduated from there. You got forgot Hunter. I have an advanced degree from Georgetown and Yale Law School. Does that make? Do you think for a second that that Hunter Biden got into Yale Law School on the merits of Hunter Biden? You see how the elite work. Do you think he could have gotten in Georgetown or much less gotten out on just being uh, uh, Joe Smith? Could he gotten to Yale Law School? This is a joke. It's a sick joke, but it's come back to haunt him. Because in his irresponsibility and his depravity, he sold out the country for money. First off, in Ukraine, and reading those guys and John Solomon, they've done, they've done that chapter and verse, and they've got it. And, and that, that rolls all the way through the impeachment. I mean, it's so dark. This is why he says, Zelensky, why do you think Zelensky's sitting in the office? Do you think Zelensky's sitting in the office, dude, yesterday with a war that's lost and everybody knows it's lost? Every paper in Europe's even saying it's lost. The military leaders of Ukraine are saying lost. He's over with the tin cup and he gets a meeting with the president of state in front of the crackling fire. I'm feeling all Christmassy. I feel like uh, maybe, I'd, maybe I'd toss a dime, maybe I'd toss a, a, a 25 cent piece in this tin cup. They allowed him to come over here and forced him to go see the military and get him up on Capitol Hill and still trying to trying to shame the Republicans. There's Republicans sitting there going, it's not about the border. It's about there's no plan. There's they, the Washington Times headline. They don't, don't even like they don't have enough um, interest in you that are writing the checks to even lay out a plan to tell me the plan. Since I guess taking back Crimea and the Donbass didn't work this summer, <laughs> the spring offensive that kicked off, I don't know, in June. Exactly. And, you know, if you don't have an end game, what are we funding? What do you need $80 billion for? The war machine. That's what we're funding. To, um, the ongoing war that would never end. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just, and it's like Trump was saying, if that, if I were in office, that war would have never started. 
And when I take back the office, that war will be ended within 24 hours. Well, why is he so confident of that kind of thing when it comes to the wars? Obviously, he knows a thing or two that the American people don't grasp. Or are refusing to listen to. Yes. Yes, especially the opposition to Trump. They're not going to listen. You know, haters are going to hate. They're not going to listen. I wish they would listen, at least, you know, some. <laughs> That's kind of like I'm here. I, I don't, I, I talk about God on this podcast, and I don't expect, I don't expect people to suddenly become a believer just because of that. But at least hear me out. You know, it, how could it hurt to hear hear me out? And uh, I'm just hoping that the haters that's gonna hate would eventually start to get that way too. Wake up, and hear us out. Let's not always just shun it out because of D Trump dis- derangement syndrome <laughs> TDS. Is that a thing? TDS definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few people that have it. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, but Bannon, you know, you got to know something about Bannon. He has been in the White House. He was a top advisor for Donald J. Trump during those four years, and and um, he was also he's he's a naval um, veteran. So, and he he was he was a I think it was a colonel or an admiral. So he was way high up in the, in the military. He knows what he's talking about. So I listen to him a lot. It's a, it's not for comfort reasons, but it, it is comforting. To hear that we've got people who know what they're talking about. They're on top of this. They know what the CCP is all about. They know what's going on between the, the, the government here in the U.S. and the government in China. They, they know that the people are separate from this. Mm-hmm. And they, these kinds of these kinds of minds, advisors and, you know, parts of the cabinet in, in, during the Trump administration are able to tell you things that other people simply just don't realize. Right. So that is the reason I brought that soundbite today, which tells me now it is time to get over to our hope message. And for today's hope message, we got Dr. David Jeremiah from the Turning Point Ministry. Um, Dr. David Jeremiah's ministry is out of San Diego, California. I've been listening to him for a couple decades, maybe longer. And what I have knowledge-wise is one thing, I have the Holy Bible right here on my desk. But um, with Dr. David Jeremiah, I am able to see the cross-referencing of the words that are in this book from one end to the other, and what the other outtake of what you're actually reading. What what was God trying to do when this particular part of the Bible was written, or when all of the Bible was written, for that matter? What was he trying to do? And today's message is he's praying for us, or are we praying for to him? Question mark. <laughs> Let's see what David's trying to say right here. Questions that people ask uh, a lot is, what is Jesus doing now? He came, he walked on this earth, was crucified, buried, rose again, ascended to heaven. He's now in heaven. What is he doing? Well, of course we know he's preparing a place for us that we might come and live with him forever. So he's, uh, he's doing that. But the Bible also tells us he is our advocate. He is the one who is praying for us. And, uh, I don't know that we really get the impact of that unless we stop and meditate on it. The Lord of glory, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, is praying for you by name. He's bringing you before the Father, bringing me before the Father. And we're going to talk about that today. Our question today, is he praying for us or are we praying to him? And the answer to the questions are, yes, yes. And we'll see that as we go through our study. I want to tell you about uh, our very special devotion. Show us that he has compassion for us in our needs. 
After the death of former President George H.W. Bush at the age of 94, the media began discovering a lot of activities that he had secretly pursued during his life. And in some cases, it came as a surprise to those who knew him. Unfortunately, usually when we hear secrets that come out after somebody dies, we cringe. But in the case of H.W., we smile. The news wasn't about scandal or shame, but about compassion and care. Turns out, he had been quietly helping many people using the name G. Walker so that they wouldn't know he was the president. For example, for years, Bush sponsored a Filipino boy named Timothy through the nonprofit organization Compassion International. He made contributions toward Timothy's support and regularly wrote him letters. The two started corresponding when Timothy was seven, and in his first letter, Bush wrote, I want to be your new pen pal. I'm an old man, 77 years old. I don't like that part of the story, but I love kids. Uh, And though we have not met, I love you already. I live in Texas. I will write to you from time to time. Good luck, G. Walker. Well, occasionally, Bush would drop hints about his real identity. In one letter, he sent a picture of his dog saying, This is Millie. She's met lots of famous people. Another time he wrote, we're going to have Christmas this year with my son at his house. And oh, he lives in a big white house. (laughs) But Timothy never caught on. He would write Mr. G. Walker, and Mr. G. Walker would read the letters and reply, offering encouragement. After Timothy graduated from the program at the age of 17, a Compassion International worker flew to the Philippines to tell Timothy the true identity of the man who had been such a blessing to him. Timothy was dumbfounded. I knew he was a kind and encouraging and wonderful man, but I had no idea he was the president. It was hard for him to grasp that the president of the United States would know his name and care so much about him. Like Timothy We find it difficult to believe such a great man would care about his life. We too can find it difficult to believe that Jesus cares for us. Sometimes we know he's there, but we don't know that he cares. We don't know for sure that he cares. People sometimes tell us that he does, but it's hard for us to believe that he could really, I mean, there's so many of us. How could he care for us? And I go into that pretty deep in my series, Making Time for God by John P. Fox. It's, um, it's on the internet. You go to Amazon and find it. You can find uh, the audio at audible.com. And I talk about the fact that how can all these people, how can Jesus be, you know, there for everyone when most of them aren't even there for Jesus? But what we did find out today is uh, David Jeremiah likes to use stories, and I didn't know that about George Sr., uh, Bush Sr., but I did. I do know that David Jeremiah has an innocent outlook on what's going on. He's not very political. So if there's behind-the-scenes stuff that went on with the Bush dynasty, he's probably not into it that much. But he did point out that in, in a man's heart, sometimes you want to reach out, and sometimes you really want to make a difference, especially for a child. And so sometimes in a man's heart, you tend to want to do something, especially if you know you're on your way out of this world. Mm-hmm. 
And what I'm trying to say is let Jesus in your heart now while you're young and start doing that now. And let's not do like, I don't know what George Sr. was doing all of his life, but let's not wait till we're on our dying um, years to start wanting to, to help somebody out. But you know, it's just a, it's a tender way to look at things. There's a kid that really got uplifted in the Philippines, and it was by the President of the United States um, when he said he was going to see my son in the White House. I think the son was the President at the time. <laughs> it was the ex-President of the United States, but... Um, we can go into detail. I, I don't know about detail, but we can go into it for a long time on the, the, the dynasty and the Bush family and the Uniparty and, the, you know, what it all ties into. And you would start to see a lot less wholesomeness if we did. So we won't. Not today. <laughs> another show. Maybe another show. I wanted to get us over to our health segment, guys. Did you know on the American Freedom and God podcast, we like to bring up tidbits of information that you can use to uh, to increase your knowledge of healthiness. And that's to say, you don't just have to eat a salad to be healthy. You don't have to go vegan to be healthy. You don't have to turn into a diabetic <laughs> in life either. You can just follow a few basic principles and understand what's going on in your blood. And once you do that, you'll know where to grab uh, your foods that you buy. You'll know what to grab. You'll know what to prepare and what to eat and all that good stuff. And Debbie, how many years does the cells in the body regenerate themselves or renew? Uh, seven years. All your cells rejuvenate and your organs. Everything changes in seven years. And so with that in mind, our health segment on the American Freedom of God podcast is designed to get you doing the right thing now so that within that seven-year change, you've eliminated processed foods you've eliminated preservatives you've eliminated some of the poisons that are in the drinks and everything else that uh, is on those shelves you're doing it because you're learning about it and then in seven years later you've renewed true forget about being a diabetic at that point forget about having inflammation in your feet forget about weird growth you know because you've changed all your cells the right way let's listen to dr eric berg dc here on the youtube channel where he is talking about today's uh, subject, what is an amino acid? Hey guys, Dr. Berg here. I'm going to talk about what is an amino acid, okay? Amino acids basically are the building blocks of protein. And when you have amino acids, you have a chain of them. Uh, it makes different types of protein, okay? So when you consume protein, your body breaks it down with the help of acid and enzymes into the smallest particles of amino acids. And this happens mainly in the liver. And then your body tissue starts reassembling these amino acids into many different structures, uh, making genes, making blood, tissue, muscle, collagen, neurotransmitters. That's like hormones through the nervous system. Hormones, which are actually through the blood. Skin, hair, organs, enzymes, antibiotics. They're all made from protein. Um, so your body has to make them. So um, you have simple proteins, which are made from several amino acids, and very complex protein that's made from thousands of amino acids. It's just like, it's an, it's an interesting combination because you have all these different combinations of amino acids that do certain functions. And there's certain genes or instructions or blueprints that tell the body how to reassemble these things. 
Okay, so you have this whole uh, translation unit, you have this whole blueprint unit, and you have the building unit of the cell to make body tissue. Uh, so it's controlled by genes. And um, basically, amino acids are needed to make 50,000 different combinations. It's amazing. Uh, so amino acids are a little bit different than uh, proteins and fats in that uh, they ha- it has an extra nitrogen connected. So it has carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, which allows the protein to repair and build tissue. So amino acids are necessary in the uh, repair of the body, especially during stress. That's why when you're under stress, you need more protein. Uh, controls, oh my gosh, hunger, mood, emotion, many, many different things. Sleep. Um, you also have essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids. Essential basically means that you can't make these. It must be gotten from the diet. Now, your, um, your microbes in your gut have the capacity to make those, but not in sufficient quantities. Okay, so you're going to need to have certain external uh, types of protein to go in the body because you're not going to have those. But then you have non-essential amino acids, which doesn't mean that it's non-essential. It means that your body can make them. Your liver has a capacity to make certain amino acids from other proteins that you eat. All right? Um, Also, the egg happens to be the most complete, high-quality protein. It has everything in the right uh, combination. In fact, there's certain protein standards that are based on the egg. Okay, so if someone tells you that egg is not healthy, an egg is a very, very complete protein, all right? Uh, I consume four eggs every single day. Now, I, I did a seminar at Exxon um, once, and uh, they pretty much said I couldn't come back to do future seminars, and I asked them why, and they says, well, you're recommending 45 eggs a day. I said, no, I recommend four to five eggs a day. They go, oh, little miscommunication. Good point. 45, 45 eggs a day. That would be a little much. Well, much, a little pricey, too. I remember this video recommending eating four to five eggs per day. And I, and I was like, I had these eggs in the fridge. It's been there a while. I just avoided eating that. I was on grains, you know, I was eating cereal. But I was like, I might eat the eggs. They're no good for me. Get that bad cholesterol, you know. Turns out I was wrong, and I started listening to Dr. Berg, and I took his advice, and I've been nothing but feeling 100% better since I've been eating the eggs every day. Now, as far as the amino acids, he's pointing out that there's two types, the essential and the non-essential. Um, so when we take the supplements, would that be more of the non-essential, or would that be the essential broken down into a supplement? Hmm. That's a good question for Mr. Berg right there. So what we do? What do you do, Debbie, to make sure you get a certain amount of amino acids? Me, I yeah. try to eat enough protein, and um, I eat eggs every day. And mm-hmm. I open up the yolk of one egg, and I put a capsule of one amino acid and pour it in and mix it in the egg yolk. <laughs> and I eat it. And I can also say that, let's just say I'm over fifty. Started working out again. Oh, you work out? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can actually see muscle defining much. At a faster mm-hmm. rate than if I was not on the internet. That's great. That's great. And and, and you feel better then. You, you always feel better. So. Yeah. 
Wow. Amino acids, guys, are important to you and your system, especially if you're active. Uh, and even if you're inactive, you sit at a desk and you work all day, the amino acids can maybe make up for some of that sitting. But I would encourage you to get a desk where you can stand, too. You want to you get on your feet as much as you can. You, you have an important job. It's essential that you're there doing it. But you don't have to sit the whole time. You can get up, stand. You can pace back and forth. Uh, while you're thinking, and you can also make sure your lunch has plenty of amino acid in there. That'd be a good advice. Mm-hmm. We're not doctors here, but that's why I bring us over to, you know, the visual age where there is a doctor, and we talk about this uh, using their expertise. But one thing I can tell you, not a doctor, but I am living proof of this information. So I want to remain living proof between now and next week, so that way I can do another episode of this show. Guys, if you haven't subscribed to the American Freedom and God podcast yet, go to johnpfox.com. There's no H in John. It's just J-O-N-P-F-O-X. And uh, right there at the very home page, right on the very first thing you're going to see on is uh, this podcast and the ability to just click and subscribe. I would appreciate that. We could use subscribers because what we want to do is get this message out. And at the same time, wouldn't it be it wouldn't it be nice if somebody could help fund this show a little bit? You know, like if we got advertisers. So I'm reaching out to you guys. Go ahead and subscribe at johnpfox.com. Maybe show some love. And we'll see you again next week when we do this again. And until then. Goodbye. This has been the American Freedom and God podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome. Bye. Stupid as stupid does.